Jessica, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. Are you kidding me? Unreal. While our HBCUs are mostly known for an academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Does he have it? Yes, he does! Right, y'all greetings and salutations. Uh, a little later than normal, but I was honest with y'all. I was hanging out with the family, and uh, I, I just I didn't want to lose that time, man. Uh, this is probably one of the few times you don't see me wearing FAMU attire. This is actually my favorite baseball team, but I'm here to talk about FAMU as always. So act like that race thing doesn't exist there. But, man, before we get started, big shout out to HBCU Digital Network, CableBustersTV.com as well. As you can see, I'm not doing this from a normal uh, home studio location, doing this from the home away from home. So um, I don't have some of my fancy little extra things. I'm on one screen here and a cell phone. So we're going to keep it kind of short, though, um, man, because... It's been, a, it's been a good time. Uh, and honestly, I, I watched the ONG Strike Zone, so they they, they hit this up. But yesterday, uh, FAMU basketball kind of, I don't want to say led the day, but they finished it. Like, they finished the day. And the game against the University of Kentucky, I'm not going to lie to y'all, full transparency, two of my favorite teams. And it was actually a better game than a lot of people expected. Namely me. And for those who were putting a little something on it, we cover the total point spread. And the final score is 88 to 68. And it was a good game. The last two games, things played well. And you had players got that got honored, former players, also former coach, Clement Johnson. He does get honored in the game. And I mean, just watching it though, Bam is competitive. And is that's what we're gonna see in swag play. You're going to see some good things. But the big thing was that rebounding and continuing. Rebounding has been an issue. And some of that is recruiting. We we need taller players. I, I was at the University of Tampa this past weekend. They had two seven-footers. My question is obviously going to be, why don't we have any? But, again, a Division II team, they're like 500 people in stands. They got dual seven-footers. Fam, you can get easily 1,500, maybe three to 5,000 on an average game. We have zero. Uh, that That's part of why you're losing. You don't have the requisite size to compete in the middle. And the guys have heart. And we shot well. I, I believe we shot over 50% from the three-point line. But a lot of the reason we lost that game was because we couldn't rebound. I mean, I, I watched it, and I was like, ah, 50-50 ball. Kentucky's way. And yeah, Kentucky has better talent, but they struggle with our defense at times. Family's defense is legit. Granted, at times you can ask the question of why do, why don't we adjust? Why don't we change things on basketball? But you can't you can't deny that it does work against some teams. And in that particular game, it was working. But the big issue overly, we don't have the size. And that's going to be a problem. And it's something that's going to have to be addressed in recruiting. And right now, it's really too late. All right, the season's here. You're about to start conference play. And you don't have big enough guys to rebound. I mean, they're taller than me. But I ain't saying much because I'm I'm less than six feet. They, they shoot better than me. Again, that's not saying much because I suck at basketball. But... And just being honest, when it comes to family basketball, we like the size. And that's going to be an issue, especially even within the conference. If you find a team in the conference that realizes that, hey, we can outsize this team, they're going to do it. And that that's just 
that's just the, the hard truth. Like it was a good game. They fought hard. I'm proud of them. We do get a much needed Christmas break. And hopefully those guys get to come back. Hopefully they get to get some of those LeBron shoes, shoes, uh, $200. I saw Joshua had them on. Uh, but, man, that, that's a much-needed break before you get a game on the 29th and then your arch rival, Bethune-Cookman University. So it, it's it's a needed break, good, good seven days to kind of relax, come back, look at what worked, what didn't and prepare for conference play because we got Purdue next. That's a big 10 team. And then SWAC play starts. And that's what we're here for. We had said it before. We really don't try to win NCAA championships. We try to win conference championships. And it's a, it's a tough thing to be honest about, but it is what it is. Now football is what's bringing all of y'all to the yard. And but fam, you, oof, I, I was like trying not to say it. Fam, you might have had the best recruiting class in the swag so far. I, I saw where we were nationally ranked second. I can, I can, I'm okay with that. I can live with that. But right now, man, let, let's just let's just look at what we got because, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna pull it up. I ain't even gonna. I ain't even gonna hold y'all like that today. Like FAMU recruiting is actually pretty solid. Like it, it just is what it is. Like it kind of is what it is. All right, let me see if I can get this ready. I, I had it pulled up, but again, I'm not on my normal three screens. I'm on one screen today. So just like oof. Let's just see. Oh, it actually worked. Man, look at this. Uh, it's an embarrassment of riches when you consider where FAMU has been to where it is. You see, and a lot of local guys, um, I'm going to start, I'm going to just hit the line. I'm going to go straight down the line. Trey Willard, the punter, kid from Childs. We didn't recruit him out of high school. At least it didn't feel like it, but he goes Juco, kind of comes back to FAMU. Okay. And dude comes up with he's coming here with some accolades and he's replacing a great kicker. FAMU now has a kicker and a punter. And I, I told you this. I stated this going into the the season. Like, yo, kicker is going to be a big a position of need. We also are looking at a long snapper. Hopefully, we'll see if that comes to fruition. I again I, I couldn't, well, not again. I could not ask about players that weren't on the roster. So, or that weren't signed. So if you go back and listen to the coaches Q and a, I definitely asked a bunch of questions, but the, all those questions were based on the players that were signed at the time. We signed some more guys today and like, I, I'm, I'm excited for this. Like tote game is going to be strong. Next dude was Kelvin Dean. Dean is I believe from FAU transfer running back. And another guy, local, left, coming back home. Again, tote game is going to be strong. FAMU's looking to run the ball, I think. Because just go back and listen to what Coach Simmons said last year. One of the things that he stressed, the running game, the running game, the running game, the running game, like over and over. And you just have to be able to just address the elephant in the room. Okay, there's an offensive line problem or it's a running back problem. Some of it was you didn't have that Bishop Bonnet guy. Neither, neither of the guys we get are Bishop Bonnet fast. They got a little more to that Terrell Jennings. Uh, but you also, yeah, you, you're building up. And I, you may be also addressing some of the injury issues that you had during the preseason. Then we get Deco or Deco Wilson. DB, and I'm not gonna lie to y'all, I'm kind of excited about this one. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, FAMU's secondary is a, a position to be excited about. Like, defensive back, oof, Jacksonville State. And let's just be honest with you. And I posted the question in the ONG strike zone yesterday. 
when they were talking. Like, did he play against Florida State? Yo, Florida State lost to Jacksonville State. Like, let's address the elephant in the room. They beat Florida State. That's part of why they weren't crying when Brownlee leaves and goes to Louisville. And then he gets beat by Johnny Wilson. Like, all due respect, you know, I'm not trying to clown the guy. But that was a game where an FCS team went to an FBS school and beat them in their house. And you're going to bring one of those players off that team back to Tallahassee to a, a secondary that wasn't bad. Famous secondary was good. I mean, you lost Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox officially uh, stated that he's going to the NFL draft today. B.J. Bowler also going to the NFL draft. So you're losing your second or third corner, first or second, first. Two of your top three corners, however you want to put that. You're going to lose them. And, yo, I mean, I believe Wilson's coming in more so as a safety. But, again, that's a big get. And then you're turning that around and you're getting Ashton Grable, another guy from Jacksonville State. That's a good program. Like, that's a program that's nationally ranked consistently. So, again, and I'm not trying to preach to you today. I ain't trying to preach. That's a little, that's a little good on good. And as we would say at the place where I worship, that's Iron Sharpens Iron. And if iron sharpens iron, it's going to make it stronger. You're, you're, you're replacing one offensive line with another offensive line. That, that's good. That, that is addressing a position of need. And honestly, that's one of the positions that in that UNC game was an issue. You lost an offensive lineman first game. Not only dealing with the compliance bull, but also dealing with injuries on the offensive line to where you have a freshman in TJ Demas playing multiple positions and holding his own as a true freshman. Like, respect to TJ. That kid came straight out of, I believe, Central, uh, was it Clearwater Catholic, I believe, and starts and was logged major minutes. Now you're getting a ready-made body to kind of come back in there to go along with Goss, Demas, like Amy's building a decent offensive line. And I think I'm just going to say this. And I asked the question uh, to coach Simmons. Yo, is the, have the results of the celebration bowl affected your recruiting? And coach was like, nah, we always try to address the trenches, but I'd be lying. If I didn't say last year's celebration bowl was an unmitigated disaster. The previous year though, we lost by one point and you ran the ball a lot more. I'd be very surprised if you don't see fam, you try to run the ball more this year and try to continue to build that offensive and defensive line. I'm just going to hold it. I'm going to put it right there. I mean, I could be, I could be wrong. I could be off, but I'm, I'm going to be man enough to say it. If I'm wrong, y'all know, y'all know you saw, even with the uh, celebration bowl, we lost the game. And I came back and told my boy, like, yo, hey, bro, I, I had y'all losing the game. Congratulations. I doubted you. I was wrong. And to his credit, he's like, man, you know, you had to do all that. And I was like, nah, bro, man admits when he's wrong. I'll say when I'm wrong. But best believe, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you when I'm right. Now, this one, this my guy. I ain't going to lie. Levante Somerset. Now, I wasn't able to make it down there for the signing. This kid's been a solid commit since the summer, pretty much. And hey, he got a little bit of that Xavier in him. Like, I'm, I'm just saying, look at family recruiting. And to me, in this early signing, we're seeing reloading and trying to replace. Levante is going to come in and not know the offense. But if he comes in during the spring, He's already committed, early signing, good. That kid gets a whole semester to one, get his grades right. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hit you with the the playbook, uh, that jargon. No, he gets a semester to get his grades right. 
get acclimated to college life on the highest of seven hills. And you're probably doing it the best time because, I mean, let's be honest, the spring ain't the fall. Now, the women still look just as good as they always do. I'm sorry. Family women are undefeated. Argue with your mama. Um, you know, but for young men in college, man, heaven looks a whole lot like the highest of seven hills. But you get a semester to get acclimated to seeing that. You get a semester to get acclimated to this North Florida cold. And then you're going to hit spring practice. And then you get to learn the offense. This kid could actually log some minutes during the fall. If he doesn't redshirt. I, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not expecting him to be the next Bishop Bonnet. But that kid plays running back. He plays receiver. He plays halfback. He, I mean, DB. Literally, Levante does everything except for sell popcorn in high school. Like, look at his film. It's stupid good. And the reason I'm not going back over all the film is, I'm not going to lie. The good brothers of ONG Strike Zone went through all the film. So, y'all know, I, I, cut, I keep things a little shorter. I'm about like a 30, 45-minute guy, and I'm out. But, yeah, Levante, this kid right here, yeah. It, good luck keeping him because he chose FAMU over some other programs. Now, Jamari Gassat, oh, <laughs> another one, University of Buffalo, 5'10". As you can see, receiver, kick returner. Bam, you took a step back in the kick return game last year, my personal opinion. We were not as explosive as, pre as the previous years. And, I mean, some of it was because, you know, the teams kind of knew what was up. But some of it was also because we were purposeful. Like, you can tell they were probably coached to be a little more careful as far as kick returning. But, yeah. This kid from the University of Buffalo is coming from an explosive offense. It's very wide open. It's a lot of what you see out of FAMU is what you're going to see there. So pace and space, he's going to be used to that. But, man, uh, again, he's not a huge receiver. Another guy that's about 5'10", and I'll give Scotty his credit. Uh, he was talking about, yo, FAMU kind of picks receivers that are a little shorter. I, too, I want a 6'3 guy in there. Man, it goes up there, but I want another one. But – FAMU's not lacking for speed. And I'm, I'm just going to say, when you look at FAMU's offense, it's easy to say that we need more size, but that also discounts the fact that we throw a lot of balls kind of quick. Like, we we do a lot of quick throws, get the ball out quickly. When we do run longer routes, it is like a, it's a nine route or a deep route or – a uh, like a post route or a wheel route. And that was what you really saw a lot from Xavier, like post corners, wheel routes, get him the ball in space, let him make a move and just keep it going. I think you're going to see more of that. And I think you have those players to where, again, I'll go back up. You lost an offensive lineman, you replace him with a competent offensive lineman. You're losing a running back, you get multiple running backs. You lose multiple DBs, you place with DBs and Michigan, a DB from 38, 38 Trojan trail. Let the place where legends come from. I'm biased, of course, but Jalen Glaze, university of Minnesota transfer. He goes to Minnesota and you know, it kind of happens, kind of doesn't happen. He comes back home. Kids got good size though. I believe he's coming in as a safety again. Look out for that guy. I mean, already been said to be a hard hitter, but I want to see what he looks like in coverage too. Because FAMU's safeties, we're not lacking for them. Like, you have plenty of safeties. And, yeah, you're kind of looking a little bit for that Marquise Bell guy. But I think it's more than that. I think that's a little lazy on our end. I think they're more than that. I think you're asking for our safeties and our DBs to do more in coverage because I'm looking directly at this D line and Sharif say, Oh my goodness, this brother right here. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this year. Uh, and we asked coach Simmons about the defensive line and the recruits. And one of the things he said was 
I'm trying to replace Isaiah Lamb. You got a, you got a guy. You might have a guy here. All right. Big get Southeast Louisiana transfer. And that means already ready-made product. And to me, I could be wrong. I'm not trying to break any type of like schematic ideas. I think family's trying to create a defense that creates havoc on the defensive line that causes quarterbacks to make mistakes and throw into our base zone coverage. I'm just going to be honest. Like that's, that's what I'm seeing from my eyes. I look forward to the orange and green game to kind of get on the field and see it. But that's, that's what I'm looking at because then I listen Ty- Tyrese Gibson battle and kid from garden city. And I'm, I didn't ask the question because he's not signed to us. How much is the loss of Raymond cuts? related to the gain of Tyrese. He lose cuts. Uh, he commits to FAMU. It doesn't work out. He goes back. He ends up at Troy. He's now at Troy. But then you get a different defensive lineman that may have been on the other side of him. Okay. Like, how much is that? The fact that you lost a guy who, I mean, it, you, you say what you will. I'm not going to badmouth anybody because that, that's not what I do. Y'all know. Y'all know what I do. I talk, I try to talk good about everybody. Uh, but how much of that is that? Like, all right, we lost this dude, didn't work out. He committed to FAMU. We don't get him. What about that dude on the other side? I'm just saying. And I think that's that's a lesson to recruits. Like, yo, be careful. The coaches are looking. But FAMU's Simmons was honest. He said, I'm looking to replace Isaiah Land, if possible. And Isaiah Land has a down year. And it's not his fault. It's not like Isaiah Land wasn't a baller. But the season gets interrupted, especially early on. Then in the Jackson State game, there's a target on his back. And we asked him to do a lot, uh, just my opinion. And then as you go on, you're just like, okay, we might be asking too much. Because now he's getting double teamed, he's getting triple teamed. He's getting obviously frustrated. But schematically, what kind of offers of help was he getting? Just gonna ask that. Now, next one, Amari Lee. Again, I just said Courtney Cox, BJ Bowler both declare for the draft. We're reloading. Look at this recruiting class. FAMU is reloading. We are reloading the positions that we lost in the early signing period with the anticipation that we might lose some guys later. Coach Simmons even hinted that when you go back, watch, watch it, watch it. I'm just saying, watch the interview from yesterday. And he's going to say, I'm being proactive in recruiting. I'm anticipating that we, while we only have one person leaving the transfer portal now, more will likely leave. And some will be attrition like casualties due to compliance and other things, grades. I'm just saying, like, some players didn't play last year. I'm not going to say any names, but it is what it is. Now, last dude, and again, Amari and Jacquez, they signed today. Jacquez Yant from Nebraska. I ain't going to lie. You got a little bit of that Terrell Jennings. Got that. He, he's one of them. And you lost one of the big backs this year. So you lose one of the big backs, you replace with two big backs. Just saying. Because, yes, I mentioned Bishop Bonner earlier, but remember who got hurt at the beginning during the orange and green game. Just saying. I believe that was Coates. Willoit doesn't play. So you kind of have your Bishop Bonnet guys, our running back from Rickards, who played sparingly, still learning the offense. You got that. You got to replace the bruisers. And look at Yant's film. Go look at his film. Go do that in your spare time. I mean, good speed. Good speed. And honestly, look at family's recruiting. You replaced what you lost. That was the big thing. That was really the story of the day. And that was what you you did. You replaced what you lost. Again, excuse the raised stuff for the day. 
uh, been out with family. I got my family stuff ready, but I'm trying to wear the church. I ain't gonna lie. Like I, I kind of want to wear family clothes to church. But that was what you did. You replaced the talent you lost with talent that was comparable, with players that fit either that body mold, that archetype. There we go. That's the right word. They fit that. And you're going to go with it. And I, I think that's part of why the recruiting class is seen as a success by many. Right now, FAMU's got the second place uh, recruiting class in a SWAC. I think we're first, but I'm biased because, I mean, we, we did lose Sion from Rickards. Uh, I, I don't know how that happens. But, again, I'm not going to question that because, honestly, I, I, I like our recruiting class. I think the kid's going to do well, though. But I think family is building a recruiting class to do three things. One, replace the student athletes that you lost. Two, beat Jackson State. I'm, I could be, I could lie to you and tell you something else, and I'm gonna do the little Chris Rock hands, but you are building a team that can run the ball. We've seen. Don't get me wrong. I, I love what Ken Clark said, and I love what Dion said. They're both right. Ken Clark pointed out in his show that with Jackson State, they're looking for a quarterback that can spin that thing. Damn, you has that. Dion pointed out. The top two teams in the SWAC can throw the ball. But the teams that beat Jackson State run the ball. I'm just saying, the formula is the formula. And we can't say that their new coach is going to run the same offense. But, again, the speculation is not going to be too different. It's going to be somewhat similar. No, Shadur's not there at quarterback. They have a new quarterback. They have a new offensive line. To a certain degree. I mean, you got my boy Devin back. And, um, man, shout out to Devin. I hopefully get to see you again uh, in Miami. But I'm just saying, FAMU is building up to do that. Lastly, FAMU is building to be in good standing compliance-wise. Look at who we brought in. A lot more of these guys are graduates. I don't know if that was lost upon anybody else, but quite a few of these dudes that are transferring to FAMU are coming with papers in hand. They, they're not just coming to FAMU and, hey, mid-year transfer, whatever, whatever transfer. Nope. Graduated from Southeast Louisiana. Okay, come on in. Graduated from Jacksonville State. Oh, okay, come on. You got your AA? Oh, oh, all right, let's go. It's a difference. And one of the things that I will point out and I told y'all, look, I'm sweet on our AD, and I'm not talking about like that. I like her because she was on campus. Sister girl has been on campus week, all week. She was at the family DRS game. She's been on campus. And look, I'm, I'm not going to tell no, no trade secrets, but I'd be very surprised if she was not already combing through these students to see who was in compliance. Because she hadn't even technically started yet. Like, sister girl don't officially start the job for like two weeks. But she's on campus. And I would highly speculate that she's already kind of looking through and like, that BS ain't happening again under my watch. Because I don't think she's treating FAMU like a launch pad. But I don't feel like she's treating FAMU like a final destination either. Like, she, she don't look. Don't let the pretty face fool you. She's on a mission. And I feel like we've already seen that. Uh, I'm just like I said, we already had some calls during the coach's call yesterday. It was like, oh, coach, we gotta wait on coach for a while because this. And do not be surprised if the recruiting style continues to adjust to the model of. We're going to take high school students because that's one of the things Coach Simmons kind of hinted at. Like the question was related to why we were taking so many transfer students. And Coach Simmons, was he was honest. And that's one thing I, I really like about Coach Simmons. I appreciate that. He, he's fairly transparent, as transparent as he can be. 
He's like, honestly, when did FAMU in the past really decade focus on high school talent? He's like, really, Billy Joe, that's almost all he took. And he's right. Like, yeah, that, that's what he did. Old team and Samson. Uh, heck, Willie Simmons. I mean, if somebody doesn't mess that up, that, that goes right. I mean, the, the coach at Penn State University, the office coordinator, Jay Wan Sider, just saying. The Mad Bomber, Pat Bonner. I mean, the only real homegrown talent out of all those guys is Quinn Gray, I believe. I'm just saying, like, let, let's keep it a buck. Quinn Gray, Earl Holmes, those are probably your biggest homegrown talents. Maybe Jamie Nails. I don't remember if Jamie Nails transferred or not. Look, I was a kid. I was kind of young. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, you lose one player to transfer portal. And I did ask the game about all-star games. If you didn't see um, Isaiah Land, he, he's going to be in the Reese's all-star game. And I hope he does look – I hope he looks pretty good, man. Like, he does not play – in the end of the year game. He didn't play the Florida Classic. And you, you really can't be mad at him for not playing. He has an injury. And FAMU was told that we had a great chance of making the playoffs. So he doesn't play. You might make the playoffs. Okay, cool. And then that's our last game. But at the same point, what were you, what were you playing for besides the Classic? I mean, you're playing for respect. But the film you're going to put out there was a film. It's not like BCU had some dominant offensive tackle that he was going to line up against. And you could be like, oh, yeah, this is going to be some good film. Like, nah, if Isaiah Lane goes out there and he looks good, he looks good. But if he goes out there and he's hurt and he makes it worse, he hurts his draft stock. It was a good business move. Uh, I mean, you don't want that to be his last game. But if we're being real and rational and not being fanatical, then the understanding is that it was a good decision. So, but I did ask the question, yo, what's up with Xavier? Because I want Xavier Smith in more All-Star games. I, I understand he may not get an invite to the NFL draft, but where's he at? Where's BJ Bowler? Where's Courtney Cox? And so Xavier will be at that all-star game in New Orleans. Uh, I believe it was February, like the 23rd. I, I believe that I didn't write that down, but I believe I pulled that date online. Uh, but again, you got to be able to, excuse me, you have to be able to sell these players something more than just the family tradition. They have to be sold that they are going to the after. And I think that was part of the selling point with Coach Ron was, okay, we're not just going to have a give you, get a give you a great experience at Jackson State. You're not just going to get a degree, but we also have a path to the NFL. How does FAMU generate a path to the NFL? And that question is beyond me. Uh, that that is That is me opening up and kind of expressing the point that I want to see that for our student athletes. I want them to go pro. How's it going, Ms. Williams? We're going, she's not going to be able to do our BCU game, but it's not her fault. It's, that's on me. Uh, we are both doing a class uh, through FAMU. Look, FAMU graduates that then go back and do uh, classes to better ourselves. So um fam you through and through but how do we do that and i and i'll say this i think one of the things that universities not just fam you but university in the same city can do is share pro days like let's make it easy for the pros fam you and fsu should share pro day lsu and southern should share pro, pro day um FAU, FIU should share pro day. Include BCU somewhere in there. BCU should go to UCF. Like, 
have regional pro days so that if you have multiple universities within driving distance, the NFL teams can literally, especially in a state like Florida, hit the state in regions. Why not have an HBCU pro day? We got one, but why not one for all of them? Why not one for the schools in Georgia? Like, I'm just saying. We have to find a way to not just sell the culture of HBCUs, but sell the end game, the degrees, the pros, the showing these students that this is more than just a great experience. It's a degree that's important, that's vital. That is a gatekeeper. Your degree is a gatekeeper. The fact that you have a certain level of degree is the difference between you getting a promotion and not getting a promotion. A SWAC pro day, I, I like that. And, I, and that's something that Coach Prime has pitched and I agree with it. I think each, especially HBCU conference, should have its own pro day. And it's not like you don't have the facilities. Granted, some of them would you may, may you you have to rent out one or two places? Sure. But how about this? Swag Pro Day. And if you really want to be crazy about it, have an HBCU Pro Day at Tennessee State. They have indoor practice facility. That way you're sending players and coaches to one area. Have it, you're already having the HBCU All-Star Game in New Orleans. Have the pro day there. Like have a centralized place where 32 teams can get the most bang for their buck because that's enticing. Because instead of having to, well, on January 31st, we have to go travel to seven cities. Nope, we can go to this one place and we can see all the players. Make it a day, put on NFL Network. NFL Network is constantly searching for content. Put it on that network put it on that channel, put it on HBCU Digital, put it on these platforms and monetize it. Utilize your marketing capital, utilize HBCU Go if need be. Utilize what Byron Allen's creating. Like have these things that you already have contracts with to market your players. Because guess what? I heard what Kofi and Scotty were saying. Nobody cares about tennis, but guess what? If you don't put it on there, nobody will watch it. Every SWAC sport, the championship game should be on HBCU Go if that's your company. But if you want to put it on HBCU Digital, put it in here. This is home. Put, put SWAC Golf on here. Okay. Is it going to be the most exciting thing ever? No. But is it publicity? Is it advertisement? Is it exposure? Absolutely. And I, that was one of the buzzwords that we're saying Coach Prime was giving all these HBCUs, exposure. That's cool. But what about getting it your freaking self? Use what you already have in place to create the exposure for your athletes. Because guess what? I don't like field hockey. I don't really care for college wrestling. Guess what ACC Network puts on? Field hockey. Wrestling. Soccer. Almost every major sport is on the network. Guess what? SEC cheerleading is a thing. People are selling out arenas to watch people do flips because the students started going. They started making it an atmosphere. And now it's something that these students go to. But if you never put it out there, you never let the masses decide if they like it. Let the masses decide if they like it. You don't have to tell people what to think all the time. Sometimes people are just going to go with what they like. I like hockey. I love hockey. I like baseball. I'm a dying breed of people that like baseball. I understand that. I also understand baseball is better in person. But guess what? If you put HBCU baseball on TV, I'll watch it. If you put HBCU baseball on YouTube, I'll watch it. Use what you have in place 
to push our athletes forward. King Griffey Jr. is having an all-star event for HBCU athletes because he's like, these kids aren't getting enough exposure. Not enough black children are playing baseball. King Griffey Jr.'s son also plays football at FAMU. Tevin, secondary in DB, kid is fast as freak, freak athlete, back flipping all over the place, but he's creating an event for that niche audience and the swag should do the same. Whether or not you're going to watch it, somebody's going to watch it. And if somebody watches it, that means somebody will advertise for it. And even if you put it on a smaller outlet, that gives the smaller outlets a chance to get a, get a spot at the table. That gives you a chance to create an additional revenue stream. And now you're letting the masses decide if they want it. Because now it's putting your student athletes in a place where they're getting exposure. That's recruiting. That's why I'm telling y'all every time, hey, family's playing a game. We played the University of Kentucky. It's on SEC Network. Like, I'm just saying. Like, I love this comment here. And it's so factual. I think if it is pushed and advertised well, we will watch it. You know what? The biggest thing the SWAC is missing out on? Bands. You should have the battles of the band on TV. Like, record it. Make it a weekly show that you show the week after and let the fans watch it. Hire Curtis Akeem, Mr. Legaloom. Y'all watch him too. Don't act like you don't. Like, Dollar Watson. Get that brother a show where he's covering swack bands. Do give a swag band review. The bands can send their videos in because Southern has high quality video. Jackson State has high quality video. Get the bands to record themselves, put it on a, either a swag network or a company that is doing something like that. And if you don't want to put it on HBCU, go put it on the grill. Fridays at five o'clock, Fridays at eight o'clock, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, whatever and have it as that week that you're about to preview all your games, have your band showcase, whatever the heck you want to call it, HBCU bands, da-da-da-da-da, and do it the Friday before or the Thursday before and say, hey, next week, Curtis Akeem, whomever, is going to be at the boombox. All of a sudden, you're advertising the game, you're advertising the Battle of the Bands, and you're selling what HBCUs already have. I'm just saying, we have to do something to give our student athletes a leg up. We have to, because otherwise, we're going to lose the moment. We're going to lose the movement. I'll give Dion credit. They were right, and it's not because of him. It is partially because of the George Floyd stuff. It is because student athletes are seeing and students in general are feeling more comfortable in an environment where they can look over and be like, that kid looks like me. That kid looks like me. Okay. All right. I feel more comfortable in this learning space, but, and uh, I feel like my sound went out. Let's see. Hopefully my sound didn't go out. It did, but, oh, it didn't. I'm sorry. That was the backup. I, if you can see, I got my Bluetooth in, trying to listen to myself. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm good. Thank you. But give these students a place where they can be seen. Exposure is the thing we keep saying that they're needing. Then give them the exposure. The HBCU legacy thing is probably going to be on NFL Network. Let's start putting HBCU games on NFL Network. Give the first crack to HBCU Go. Give the second crack to ESPN. But then, yo, let's get the third game going to the NFL Network. It's the freaking NFL Network. It's where the kids are trying to go. If they're trying to go to the NFL Network, why not? If they're, not, if they're trying to go to the NFL, 
why would you put a game on the NFL Network? I'm just saying, like, if I want groceries, I'm going to Publix. Why not put some of your games on the network and have the NFL players talking about the players post game? It's a good look. It's it, it's exposure. It's all those things that you're saying you want to give these kids, and you're actually doing it. Like, put HBCU baseball on MLB Network. No, it's not great quality baseball. But guess what? You get the eyes of baseball scouts on their channel. Put HBCU basketball on NBA TV. All of a sudden, you are going directly to the sources. Like, it ain't rocket science because it's just flipping common sense. When I go to get milk, I go to the section of the store where milk is. I don't look for milk and produce. I go get my fruits and my vegetables and produce. Put the children and the students in the freaking places where they can be seen by the most scouts. Because, yeah, they're going to scour the country and looking. But if I put you on the NFL Network and you're an HBCU player that aspires to go to the NFL, well, you're at the place in the home of 32 teams. You're an HBCU athlete, or maybe you don't, you've never heard of HBCUs. Put the players on MLB Network. All of a sudden, well, I saw FAMU Grambling Southern on MLB Network, and I'm from California. I might want to go there. Again, I'm just saying, and I see Will Davis. Um, oh, look, I cannot confirm or deny that, but I will put it up there. Uh, supposedly, maybe that's a rumor. Again, I cannot confirm or deny it, but uh, if it is, that's a damning idea, uh, damning statement. But again, we have to put these placer, these players in places where they can have the most eyes on them, especially by the professionals that are going to see them. Because one of the things I love about when I go to see FAMU's SBI program when you walk onto the SBI building, there's a list and placards of all these Fortune 500 companies that have hired FAMU Rattlers. That's not just happenstance. It's advertising. Because as a high school student, if I see NBC up there and I want to be a sportscaster, I should come to this school. If I want to be in the NFL and I see FAMU football on NFL Network, I should come to FAMU. Likewise, for basketball, if I'm watching SWAC basketball on NBA TV, even it's a midday game, instead of showing a replay of the Heat, the Lakers, or whatever, man, maybe I should go there. Especially if the coach used to play in the NBA. Same thing, MLB Network. If I'm watching Southern, Jackson State, play baseball, and it's on MLB Network, maybe I should go there. Again, we have to find a way to give these student athletes a spot at the table without making it so freaking hard that they have to fight their way in every time. So, all right, y'all. I kind of, I finished off strong there because I'm passionate, y'all. Like, that bothers me that I don't see a player like Xavier Smith in more rooms. And from meeting him, He's such a humble guy. That's a locker room guy. That's a glue guy. That is a guy that when I look across the field, I want on my team because I can depend on him. And I can not only depend on him in the classroom and on the field, but I can depend on him off the field. In his free time, check his social media. The guys at a Jaguar game having fun. Like, He's not smoking weed on social media. He's not drinking. He ain't acting stupid. Acting like he got some freaking sense and he's repping fam you right. That kind of brother should be in the room where it happens. And I don't want it to end up like Aaron Burr, sir. So y'all can tell I'm a Hamilton fan. All right, y'all. I'm going to get off my soapbox there. As always, y'all, this is Fangs Up. Big shout out 
to HBCU Digital Network, CableBustersTV.com. And y'all, we got another day. I believe Friday is when the dead period hits. And uh, hopefully, maybe get some more signings, y'all, because we still got some more offers that have gone out. I didn't even talk about. Maybe offer like four or five students today. Like the block is hot and the rattlers are striking. And I'm telling y'all, this on your green game is going to be some fun. I'm looking forward to that. But I'm also looking forward to seeing what this basketball season is going to look like. Like, FAMU basketball, you're giving me hope. And, uh, man, don't F me up. Don't let me down. I'm just going gonna, gonna to quote my girl real quick. But as always, y'all, thank y'all for listening. I do always appreciate it. Sorry about the lateness, but um, I actually kind of like this time slot, man. I see, like, we got a little more tension here. So, um, but big shout out. And as always, y'all, it's fangs. Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. Are you kidding me? Unreal. While our HBCUs are mostly known for academic rigor, community, they also know.